Hallelujah. We're going to be ministering this morning from Philippians, the fourth chapter, if you will open your Bibles. Philippians, the fourth chapter. I will start reading at the first verse. Therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I employ Euodius and I employ Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, Help these women who labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your uh, gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, your word is a gold mine. There's so much here in the word to encourage us. So much to edify us. And God, we come to you this morning needing a fresh touch from the Lord. We come looking to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. And we ask that through this word this morning, that you might minister hope. That you might minister life. That God... Uh, Spirit might have full control over our lives and that our hearts and our ears would be opened and that Lord we would hear what the Spirit is saying on to the church God may each one receive from you this morning and may this pastor rest under your anointing that the word I speak might come from the Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a little survey here. How many of you worry, uh, let's say occasionally? How many of you worry more than occasionally? How many of you know that God does not want you to worry? Hallelujah. Worry is interest paid on, a, on troubles before they're due. Worry takes up just as much time as work, but work pays better dividends. Worry, like a rocking chair, will give you something to do but it won't get you anywhere. Those who live in worry 
invite death in a hurry. Worry is not the thing God intended for our lives. God's word tells us, trust in the Lord. Have faith in God. But it never, and, and, and maybe I missed it somewhere, but if I missed it somewhere, will, will somebody point it out to me, please? Where in the Bible does it tell us to worry? It doesn't, does it? God does not want us to worry. And I want to take verse 6 here of our text, of our Bible reading this morning as a text. It says, be careful for nothing in the King James. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be careful for nothing. Now, this doesn't mean you just throw all caution to the wind. It doesn't mean... That you live recklessly and carelessly. We have here the word which has changed since the King James Bible. How many of you realize that the English language is always changing? And some words, they just don't mean the same thing today that they meant 200 or 300 years ago. And so we have another word here, and what it means, or what it meant in the King James time, was it meant anxious care. This word would be a synonym for the word worry. In other words, Like the New King James here, as I read, it says, be anxious for nothing. The Berkeley translation of the Bible says, entertain no worry. Don't even entertain it. Entertain no worry. And the Amplified Version says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything about anything just don't let it get get you upset just leave it alone and the weast word studies translates it this way stop perpetually worrying do not worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on, is not the life more than food and the body more than clothing. Whenever you see therefore in the Bible, remember it's there for a reason 
And therefore, you check out what the therefore is there for. And the therefore in verse 25 refers to everything that is prior to that. In other words, from verse 19 down through verse 24. But especially does it refer to verse 24. That's the transitional verse. Here we're told uh, that no one can serve two masters. Now, either you're going to serve the Lord or you're going to serve the world. You're either going to be controlled by this worry, this anxiety for things, or you're going to be controlled by faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that verse is there for a purpose. You cannot serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So I don't want to let worry become my master. Jesus Christ is my master. Amen? God is my God. And he's in control of my life. And if he's in control of my life, I don't want to be controlled by worry. In the King James it says, Therefore, take no thought for your life. Now that take no thought for your life, it doesn't mean that you just stop thinking about how you're going to live. How many of you realize if you stop thinking about what you're going to have for lunch... It never gets prepared. My wife does that once in a while. It'll come up to dinner time and she say, what are we having for dinner? She forgot to take anything out of the freezer. You can't just throw caution to the wind. It doesn't mean that you're not supposed to think. It doesn't mean that if I think about a steak dinner, I must be hungry. It doesn't mean if I think about a steak dinner, it's a sin. How many would like to have a nice steak dinner? Oh, great. If I think about buying a new suit, it doesn't mean it's a sin. Well, what does this take no thought mean then? It's the same word in the Greek that is used over in Philippians 4, 6. That was saying, don't have any anxiety. Don't, uh, don't worry. Don't have uh, anxious thoughts about these things. Don't perpetually worry. Same word. Stop perpetually worrying what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on. This is a habitual attitude. And we can have that kind of an attitude in our lives. Amen? How many of you know worry, you, you, can, you can make it a way of life. I know some people that when they don't worry, they're worried because they're not worrying about anything. They 
They worry so much that they're, they're completely, that's a way of life with them. God does not want you to have that kind of an attitude. It doesn't mean you're not to take any thought. It just means you're not to let this thing consume you. Take control of you. This is the way they react toward problems and difficulties in life. Before you're saved. Not after you're saved. After you're saved, you're supposed to trust in Jesus. You're supposed to trust in the Lord. God commands us to stop worrying about everything. Let's put it this way. We commit sin when we worry. We commit sin when we worry. Let's call sin, sin, okay? Let's be honest about this thing. Worry is a sin. We don't receive answers to prayer when we worry. Anyone care to take a guess why? Because we need to trust in God. We need to have faith in God. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. So when you ask, you ask in faith. You don't ask in worry. Amen? Where does it say in the Bible that we're to ask with worry? <laughs> it says ask in faith. Trust in the Lord. Turn with me to Hebrews 6. And verse 12. He starts out here in this verse saying, uh, He doesn't want you to become sluggish or lazy. But imitate... Those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. How did they inherit the promises? Through patience and faith. Patience and faith. Worrying is not going to get a hold of the promises of God. I believe God heals, don't you? I believe that if I ask God, God will heal me. But if I'm going to stand and worry about it, I put an obstruction there. I can't worry about it. I've got to let God have the problem. James 5. James chapter 5. First of all, he talks about calling the elders of the church, praying the prayer of faith, and so on. But in verse 17, it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. 
He was a man that was subject to like passions. I believe that's what it says in the King James. That means he was just like you and me. He had the same kind of problems you have. He was no different. He was a human being. Boy, a lot of times you see these great prophets in the Old Testament and you say, oh boy, if I could only have God work through me like he worked through Elijah or, or uh, uh, David or some of these others, you know, Elisha. Well, what it's saying here is that Elijah was no different. He was just an average Joe Blow who prayed and believed God and God did it. And we have that same kind of a privilege. Hallelujah. Romans 14 and verse 23 tells us, and this is very important, 14 and verse 23, the last part of it says, For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Worry is not of faith, is it? If worry is not of faith, then we don't want it. For whatever is not of faith is sin. Thirdly, I want to talk about some reasons uh, we should not worry. First Peter 5 and verse 7 Just one verse, it says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. That word care is the same Greek word that is used over in Philippians 4, 6, the text that we have. Same Greek word. We're not to... We're, we're, to, we're to take these anxious cares, these habitual wor worrying, uh, these anxieties, and we're to, we're to cast them on Jesus. We're to cast them on the Lord. And that word cast is not the ordinary word in the Greek which means to throw. It is the word which signifies a definite act of the will. In committing to him our worries. An ex it, it's, a, it's a matter of the will. I will not worry about this anymore. I will give it to Jesus. I make a decision that, hey, I'm done worrying about this. Here it is. It's yours. It's a word which signifies a definite act. You've got to know when you did it. We give it up. We're through worrying about it. We'll let God resume the, uh, assume the responsibility. And that's just what God wants, isn't it? How many of you realize as long as you're worrying about it, God can't do anything about it? Because you're, you're trying to figure it out in your own strength. 
And that word careth, cast all your cares on him for he careth for you. That word careth is not the word for worry. Literally, it's a, it's a care to him concerning you. That is, your welfare is his concern. Hallelujah. My welfare is God's concern, not mine. Now here's a, here's a concept that we need to get a hold of. God, when he adopted me into his family, he also took the responsibility for my care and welfare. Isn't that great? And Weiss tells us in, the, uh, in his word studies about a, a Greek man. Uh, his name was Titidos Ameronos. The first name, uh, well, like over in Japan, uh, for instance, they'd always put the, uh, the last name first. Uh, so, Fujiyama or whatever, they, they put the mountain in the, in the name, and it's the last name goes first, all right? So, here we have a man, his name was Totidos, that's his last name. But his last name, uh, his first name was Mirimnos. Mirimnos, which means to worry in the Greek. And in the Greek, when you take the word, you take the letter alpha or A and put it before the word, it changes the meaning. It means the opposite. And so what he has done here, this Totidos was a pagan and he was a warrior. He was a perpetual warrior. And after he became saved, he stopped worrying. He changed his name and he had an A put in front of it. And now his name was Amiromnos. Amiromnos. Which means... Totidos, the one who never worries. How many of you can say that after you became a Christian, for instance, Bob, who never worried? Wouldn't that be me? Nancy, who never worried. Brother Saunders that never worries. Isn't that magnificent? We, we just automatically, we know God cares for us. He has assumed the responsibility, and if he's got the responsibility, I don't need to worry about it because he takes good care of me. Hallelujah. Have you got some things that... Maybe you haven't turned over to Jesus. 
Are there some things that are kind of bothering you, kind of eating away at you, uh, keeping you from enjoying life to the fullest, having that abundant life that Jesus has called us to? Maybe you've tried to accept the responsibility that belongs to God. We're His children. And He said that He would never leave us nor forsake us. Our God will meet all of our needs according to His riches and glory. And we don't need to worry about things. And so we have to make an actual act of the will to bring those things to God and say, I will not worry about this. And give it to God and leave it there. I don't want to know what your problem is. I just want to know if this sermon this morning has spoken to you. Would you just raise your hand and then put it back down? Yes, all right. Yes. Because we're going to take those things in prayer in a moment. And we're going to lay them right, right here on the altar. We're going to lay these worries and these cares, these anxious cares. You can worry yourself into an early grave and that's not God's plan. God's plan is that you let him take care of it and know that he has your welfare at heart and that he's going to do what's best for you. I want you to just bow your heads in prayer for a moment. <clears throat> Be thinking about what is it, God, that I should release? What things are bothering me that I need to release? I'm going to put them on the altar right now. And I want you to, to in your mind's eye, take these things and lay them down. Lay them down before Jesus.